0: Lucy and I'm Linnea and you're listening to First Impressionists where we talk about all things art.
1: Impressionists. Um yeah, we're very excited for this week's episode. Yeah. Lucy, um, should we just get into it? Yeah. What are we talking about yeah. today?
0: We're talking about poetry, which is one of my favorite subjects, probably not everyone's. Um, so we're we're diverging a little bit from the usual today. Um mm. kind of stepping back from the visual art for a little bit and diving into the world of poetry. Yes is another art form so this we're pretty much making this episode just because i love poetry and i can yes because i'm half the show so yes why not
1: true that's very true but also i think um a lot of what we've been talking about on this show is art literacy and like how it's easy to get frustrated when you don't understand certain kinds of art um, and poetry is a big one that yes. I'll, it feels very inaccessible
0: and. Um, yes, very misunderstood.
1: Yeah. Yes. I'm excited because I think so far on the show we've been kind of, um, I don't know, seeing eye to eye maybe or like mm-hmm. on the same page because we've been talking about a lot of art that we both um, like. Mm, Either we both understand it and we both kind of get why we like it or we both don't really get it. Um, Yeah. But this episode, we're really in your wheelhouse and really out of my wheelhouse. So I'm very excited because um, I would not say that I love poetry in the same way that I love the art that we've been talking about. Not to say I'm not a poetry hater. (laughs) Let's get that out there. But um, definitely not a poetry lover. Okay. So um, I'm really excited, Lucy, to get into it and learn a little bit. And um, it's something that, like, I definitely want to enjoy more than I do. I think it's a world that I want to break into, but I'm not the person to, like, sit down with a poetry collection and just read it. So this is exciting. Very exciting. Maybe I will
0: change your mind a little bit. Or. Maybe just give you a couple poets that you like, Yeah, you're interested in, and that is a great place to start. That would be sweet. Because it can be very overwhelming, mm. and even for me, I'm a poetry lover, there are plenty of poets that I don't like.
1: Don't like. like. Mm.
0: I mean, I it's the same as visual art, or right, novels, right. or movies, or anything else. Yeah. Um, so you yeah. just kind of have to find what you like.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. cool. I'm excited. Well, um why don't we talk about how you started liking poetry what was your introduction to the world of poetry
0: yeah so my introduction to poetry i think was sort of twofold in some ways um so i think for me probably the very beginning is fifth grade Mm. i had the most wonderful fifth grade teacher named mr freeman Mr. Freeman, if you're out there and you ever listen to this, you're wonderful. Mm. Um, But he was just this excellent teacher. He loved history and art and music, and he would bring in his guitar and sing to us. And we did a poetry unit, and we're learning a little bit about Lewis Carroll, who is the author of Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, Mm. which probably most people are familiar with. Yeah. Um, And for this unit, we had to memorize the Jabberwocky from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. And it's just this wonderfully crazy, fantastical poem. Uh, It really, on a surface level, doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. Like probably half of the words in it are just made up words that are not parts of the English language. It's just nonsense, gibberish words. But Lewis Carroll was an expert in making made up words make sense. Mm. Um, And it just like set my imagination on fire in fifth grade. Um, I love the structure of it. I love the rhymes. I love the made up words in it. It kind of feels like this folk tale that was like passed down and needed to rhyme Mm -hmm. so people could remember it. Um, And it's it's the story of this big monster called the Jabberwocky that uh, someone's son is hunting down or needs to beware in the middle of the woods. Um, So I I'll just read the first stanza. So we get sort of a feeling of what it's like if people are not familiar. It goes like this. Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the borogoves, and the out outgrabe. It makes no sense, but it also kind of makes sense. Um, so anyway, this was the first poem that I really loved. Uh, so I kind of had this, like, sentimental attachment to it, even mm. though <laughs> I've kind of moved on to right. different it's, forms it's of It's definitely poetry like now. a poem
1: written for children to yes. love.
0: Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, you can love it as an adult, but but that's, yeah. Yeah,
0: but it's more for sentimental reasons mm. now. Um, so that's kind of where it started, and as I encountered more po- more poetry... In my schooling over the years, I think because I was interested in this, I was, like, more interested in what I encountered later. Mm. Um, And also, my mother was a huge Mm. influence on my love for poetry um, because she always loved poetry. She wrote poetry. Mm. Oh, wow. um, And... Yeah, as I got older, she would just start sharing poems that she loved with me, Mm -hmm. and we would talk about them. Sometimes I would experiment with my own poetry, which sometimes was good, sometimes was not very good. (laughs) Um, But she is definitely another huge reason why Mm -hmm. I love poetry so much.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I think, same for me, My, my mom... My mom likes poetry, too. I don't know that she loves it, but definitely, like, she had a lot of, like, poetry collections around the house, and when I was in, um, probably elementary school, she wanted to memorize with me, um, The Walrus and the Carpenter, which is also Lewis Carroll. I think it's in, um, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, but anyways, fantastic poem. Yes. Um, I just love it. It kind of makes me laugh every time I like think about it because it's just so (laughs) preposterous it's about a walrus and a carpenter and they're so sad because the beach is so sandy yep um but she also every time we would go camping she would uh this is like my most pungent memory associated with poetry uh from my childhood is my mom we'd all be me and my mom and my brother and our dog would be in our sleeping bags in the tent and we'd be ready to go to sleep, like ready to sleep. And she would all of a sudden just just, un, um, you know, unprompted would just start saying <laughs> a bunch of the boys were whooping it up at the Malamune Saloon. And the kid that handles the music box was hitting a Jagtime tune. And she would just start reciting The Shooting of Dan McGrew by Robert Service. And it's a very, very long poem. (laughs) (laughs) And she would just keep going and going and going. Um, So that was fun. But I... uh, It's a very sweet memory, actually. But it's kind of hilarious. She would just not stop. (laughs) Even when we begged her to stop. Um, So, yeah. That's kind of my... Was my introduction to poetry. I think as I've gotten older, definitely there's been poetry that I've liked and poetry that I haven't liked. It's just never been something that I've gotten really into, Um, except for, you know, like the occasional, like Robert Frost poem that, you know, I had to read in high school or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, now it's like, I think I'm more curious about it, partly because. As I've like started to read the Bible more, Mm -hmm. so much of that is poetry. Yeah, and I realized like, wow, I can't be not engaging with this genre if I want to understand the Bible because so much of it is poetry. So I gotta like learn to understand and appreciate that a little bit more. Um, so yeah.
0: Anyways. Yeah, I didn't even realize there was so much poetry in the Bible until I became a Christian in college. And then it kind of blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, oh So my gosh. much. Yeah.
1: A stories will just stop and there'll be a poem. Yep. It's like, what the heck? But it's so, it's cool. It's mm-hmm. awesome and amazing. But I think sometimes, like, I don't know how it was for the people who are, who, like, how um, much poetry was a part of the lives of the people who wrote that, those books. But for us now it would be strange to be writing a story and all of a sudden stop and write a poem. And so it's hard to connect with sometimes. So that's why I'm excited about this conversation and to talk about poetry and learn about it a little bit more because I think it's important. Um, Me
0: too. So yeah. I don't know how much I can teach you, but I can tell you what I love about it. Okay. (laughs)
1: Very excited. Awesome. Well, let's move on uh, to, I think the big question What is poetry?
0: Oh, back to this one. (laughs) (laughs) For all Uh, of the big questions here. I'm getting deja vu. Um, well, that is a good question. So, first of all, I looked up a definition, which you can never trust, but we'll start there. Okay, yeah. Maybe work backwards a little bit. Maybe do some dismantling. Mm. Um, so, poetry, according to Google is literary work in which special intensity is given to the expression of feelings and ideas by the use of distinctive style and rhythm, poems collectively or as a genre of literature. And then uh, it's got two sort of subcategory definitions here. One is... A quality of beauty and intensity of emotion regarded as characteristic of poems. Mm. So this is using poetry... Um,
1: like as a way to describe something.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and then the second one here is something regarded as comparable to poetry in its beauty. So the music department is housed in a building that is pure poetry. Hmm. Um and what I think is so interesting about those two sub-definitions, before we get to the main definition, is especially the second one. Um, I think we hear this pretty often. You could say, oh, that that woman, the way that she styles her hair and dresses is poetry. Mm. And we always use poetry as this placeholder for beauty. Mm. Which I think is so interesting because to me, poetry is beautiful, but it's not just about beauty, at least not anymore, but I think it's often relegated to that. It's Mm. just like the language of lovers and uh, men who are writing dime a dozen poems to woo a woman or whatever it is. Mm. Um, But I think poetry is so much more than that. I think... It can deal with things that are, are heavy and raw and mm. vulgar and uncomfortable and not just beautiful and and maybe poetry as a category can find a way to still make that beautiful and relatable, but I don't think it has to be beautiful, Yeah. Uh, but maybe just the act of being able to turn those ugly things into poetry is beautiful. So, anyway, I don't know how I feel about that, but I thought it was interesting that it was used as a placeholder for beauty.
1: Yeah, that is interesting.
0: Hmm. Um, And then, as far as the general definition of a literary work in which special intensity is given to the expression of feelings and ideas by the use of distinctive style and rhythm... I mean, I guess that's fairly accurate, but yeah. it could also be true of not poetry, I think. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think poetry is sort of difficult to pin down for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you just kind of know it when you see it. But it definitely is different in length and style and meter than, say, a short story. Right. So hmm. even if a poem is the same number of words as a short story because it's very long. It's still poetry. Mm. Um, I think maybe the lines get kind of blurry with prose versus short story, which if people don't know, prose is poetry that does not have a meter necessarily and doesn't have rhyme. Mm. So it's very, it's very free form. Um, Anyway, um, I don't know if I have a perfect definition. That probably gets fairly close, but it's always so weird putting art and literature into these formal definitions and confining them. Yeah. Um, because I think there's always exceptions, but for the most part, that gets pretty close.
1: mm yeah. It's like it's like when we Googled the definition of art and the definition it gives is like, yes, it's accurate, but oh my goodness, it sounds like almost clinical. It's just so, it's true, but it doesn't capture like the spirit of the thing. Exactly. Which maybe no definition exactly. perfectly could, but. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, like you, you were saying, it's hard to pin down because it's very broad. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking as you were talking, like, man, there's narrative poetry. Isn't the Odyssey or the Iliad
0: one of those? Isn't that just one long poem? Epic poems. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So that's crazy because that's the length of a book. Yep. super long.
0: Yep. Um, And then we have Instagram poetry, which is sometimes one line long. (laughs) Or any other poetry. Yeah, yeah. Particularly that that modern Instagram, social media type of poetry has become very short.
1: Yeah. but So it varies a lot in length. Like yes. you were saying, we now have poetry that um, doesn't have any rhyme or meter. Whereas, you know, we have other poetry that was very...
0: Very structured.
1: Right, right. Yes. Um, there's all, I mean, all different kinds of things. Haikus. Yep. Sonnets. Um, so, so fascinating. It's, it's super interesting. Um, I think the structure of some kinds of poems, to me, is so interesting because it's, it's like somebody purposefully um, creates a, or puts boundaries around what kinds of words they can use. And Mm -hmm. it almost is like under that those constraints somebody can really create something Mm -hmm. beautiful because they're having to really think about the words they're gonna use and stuff. So
0: and what is absolutely essential to convey meaning.
1: Yeah, Yeah. super interesting. But I mean some freeform poems I guess I like and there's also slam poetry.
0: Yep. That is a very popular Um, thing. Spoken word. Yep
1: um which gotta love it but um yeah so there's so much going on to me i think when i like read a poem what makes it fundamentally poetry is that somebody really took time to like craft the words that they were going to use that they were really it's like when an artist paints their medium is words And they're not just trying to tell a story. They're trying to create kind of some kind of an experience from Mm -hmm. reading. Yes.
0: And sometimes it goes beyond even just word choice. Mm. It goes to arrangement on the page, Mm. um, indentation, where you're stopping a thought and continuing it on the next line white space in a poem the shape of the poem people Mm. make poems in the shape of a grasshopper and Mm. talk about grasshoppers like ee cummings um so i think there is so much that you can play around with in poetry to create meaning and the difference between one line being right beneath the next or tabbed all the way to the right side of the page for emphasis mm-hmm. can make so much of a difference um, and that's uh, that's one of my favorite things about poetry is the way that you get to sort of invent this world on the page mm. in a way that sometimes you miss out on in long form writing mm. um, not to say that you can't mess around with conventions and style in longer form but um, But I think poetry kind of gives you more space for that sometimes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I think poetry sort of does the work of communicating in uncharted spaces where maybe some of the words are missing. Like, it always makes me think of an old adventure map. Hmm. Where you're trying to get somewhere and it leaves out parts of it, but you can still figure out where you're going.
1: Hm interesting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It has it has an ability to like get at an idea that's hard to maybe communicate with if I was just describing it to you mm-hmm. without really taking the time to craft right what the words you needed to like bring out that idea right so or feeling or like snippet of time or whatever right so yeah way cool um all that being said uh it's like we were saying kind of inaccessible at times Mm -hmm. um any thoughts about why that is
0: I do have some thoughts. Um, Of course, I just had something and it escapes me, but um, I think in general, I think there's this sort of pressure to read a poem and to think of something original Mm. to say about it Mm. or to just know what it means, Mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, sort of pick it apart and define it and say, oh, this is and jam in, and this is this technique and this is a metaphor and this is whatever. Right. Um but you don't you don't really need those terms to read poetry and to love it and to understand it. And I think it helps um it definitely helps if you want to try writing poetry because you kind of have to know the rules to break them in my opinion. Um, But I think you can read a poem and not know what it is in the craft of a poem Mm -hmm. that makes you feel the way that you do. Like, I think, I think it's okay to just read a poem and, and feel something and not completely understand it. Mm-hmm. And I, that's kind of what I love about poetry. Sometimes I love discussing and dissecting poetry, but sometimes I just read a poem and I like that to just be a moment that I take in on my own. Um, and that's it. I, I just try to immerse myself in it and you know, get absorbed in the imagery Mm -hmm. as the poem goes along Um, and the feelings. And sometimes I don't really understand why I relate to a poem so much because it's a situation that I've never been in, but it just sort of makes sense to me. Um, But I think like any other art form, there's just sort of this barrier, and there's a culture around it of people that make you feel like you have to know so much about poetry to be admitted to right. the poetry club. Mm. But I don't like that at all. Um, I think anyone should be able to read poetry and other and love it or not love it or love Robert Frost but really hate T.S. Eliot. Mm. Um, and that. That should be fine as it is, but I think people look at poetry as, oh, it's this high art or this fine art that is, it wasn't created for average people. But there are so many average layman poets out there that are wonderful and absolutely prove that theory wrong. Um, mm. Just working class people who sit down with a pen and paper and write incredible poetry and they don't have the years of training they don't have all of the words necessarily maybe they build them up over time as they continue to write poetry but they don't start that way um and so yeah i don't it's it's a tricky one but i think it's it's probably like any other art form. It just, it feels exclusive. Yeah. Because maybe people at higher levels of society want to claim it as theirs. Or they're the people pushing the envelope. Um, or they're, they're the people that had access to it. Mm. Um, or had the time to write it. <laughs> um, but I don't think that needs to be true anymore. And I don't think it is. I think yeah I agree it's I changing poetry is a little bit. the culture is changing I think. yeah yeah
1: that's yeah. true um yeah I think you're right I think it can be similar to kind of what we talked about with um, fine art in that like uh, you know um, we aren't constantly around it We're, you know we talked about that with fine art like we mm-hmm. You don't really go into, mu- you know, you have to go to a museum to see fine art. Right. And so it can be difficult to connect with. Poetry is maybe less that way because we do often study it in school. But almost right. that can make it worse. Yes. Um, so, and uh, once you leave school, I mean, you're just not confronted with it in mm-hmm. your daily life so much anymore. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult to... Like, get exposure to it to a point where you understand right. it. Right. Also, and I'd be interested to hear what you think about this, but w- I think, like, with fine art, people can look at the Sistine Chapel and say, I can see why that is a great piece of art. It's mm-hmm. pretty obvious because it's beautiful. It took a ton of effort. It's really groundbreaking the way he was able to paint people's figures and stuff. Right. And same with you can look back at... Um, I don't know, Shakespeare's sonnets. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear, you know, okay, he used these, like, lovely imagery, and he used rhymes, and you can see the structure of it. Right. And it seems like, in the same way, the art has become kind of abstracted, poetry has become much more abstracted, um, right. to where it's not so recognizable. Like, you don't... It's... When you read a sonnet, or whatever, you can kind of read it and be like, okay, I get it. It's it's very pretty. It's, it's yeah. a little more, I don't know, clear what's going on, I guess. Um, yeah. And I don't know, it seems to me like poetry has gotten a little bit more abstract um, in some ways. Mm-hmm. Less tied to like rhyme schemes or right. telling uh, stories yeah. and... Which has led to some really interesting things.
0: Yes. I, I think the culture of poetry definitely has changed. Mm. And a lot of those traditional forms like sonnets, haikus, um, limericks, things yeah. like that, that are highly recognizable mm. and we typically learn in grade school um, are being used less or are transformed to to a certain degree yeah. um, just because they have been used so much Um, and maybe someone wants to make a change to the conventional sonnet form because it fits better with the idea that they're trying to convey or even the act of transforming that um, is saying something about the poetry itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so... I think that is true in some respects but in some in in other respects i think it's gone the other way and become very simplistic ah Um, interesting i think there are a lot of popular poets nowadays that write in exclusively free verse um, and prose because it doesn't require the same level of technique as fitting your words into a particular style or technique mm. um, or yeah, type of poetry, um, which I think when done well can be excellent, but when done poorly can be just very lazy. Mm. Um, so I have sort of mixed feelings about <laughs> the direction that mm. poetry has gone in the modern era. Um, yeah, take Atticus or Rupi Kar, for example. Um, those are two very popular poets nowadays. You see them all over Instagram. They have mm. books published. Um, they have s- conferences and concerts and all sorts of things um, that people love to go to and I think it's great that they make people interested in poetry Mm -hmm. but I think there's also a whole world of poetry that people are missing out on Um, and maybe I am too cynical and Mm. academic in my and my analysis of this, um, because maybe I should just be grateful that people are interested in poetry, and if that is the type of poetry that our modern audiences connect to, then Hmm. that must just be what's suitable for the time, but um, I, I do... I do think that there is some value that is lost there and a lot of it is because people don't understand those traditional forms of poetry or Mm -hmm. maybe it seems dated or daunting or whatever the reason is that people don't like it Um, or maybe they just read it in high school when they were 14 (laughs) and they didn't really care about their classes in Mm -hmm. general and so they associated that with hating poetry instead of stopping and reading it on their own and giving it a chance um, which not everyone has to like poetry but um, yeah I don't know Yeah, I, I guess I have mixed feelings about it um, and I think what was the original question I feel like I've gone like, oh, too far away I'd, from it now
1: uh, I guess the original thing that I was kind of trying to get at was like if you go back to this like time of the renaissance and people can understand look at that and understand why it's great art and then you fast forward to like say Mark Rothko who just painted giant squares of color and so it had lost and it seems like in some ways poetry has moved in a similar direction of becoming more and more abstracted and which in some ways I think has made it what I was trying to get at was Mm -hmm. I think that's made it less accessible because you're just like, well, this is a bunch of random smattering of words on page, but I think, and I think that there is some modern poetry, um, some of which I think we're going to look at today. Yeah. Some of the poems you brought, um, they don't have, you know, a rhyme scheme. They uh, don't necessarily have a meter. Um,
0: so maybe there's less. The, the ideas
1: of are more. Understand. The ideas are more abstracted. Right. Yeah. Right. But so that, but the these the ones that you've brought today, Lucy, that we'll talk about later on, I don't feel like they're more simplistic, in yeah, the same way as so. like Rupi Carr. Yes. So it's it's they're this I I think is more of an abstraction. The whole the more like Instagram poet phenomenon. I think is a different thing, almost. I
0: think so. I think it's catchy greeting card lines mm. that people can make their phone, their phone background. Mm. I mean, maybe that's a really cynical view of it, but I honestly think it's just because it's catchy. Yeah. And it's not so straightforward that it's boring. Yeah. And also people don't have a big enough attention span mm. to read a whole poem anymore.
1: Uh, yeah. I... I'm not familiar with Atticus um but I am familiar with Ruby Carr Mm -hmm. um I don't think my problem with it I don't know maybe one of my problems with it is that it's very simplistic and just like yeah I don't like I've I feel like I've read enough of her poems now to say I don't like the worldview that she's putting out there, yeah. Um, and I think that's why it bothers me is I feel like she's simplifying emotions. She's saying things that <laughs> are sometimes a little cuckoo bananas, yeah. Um, and who's people who are consuming it are young women who are mm, just consuming this worldview that I just think is. A, Honestly, um, a little bit damaging, but that's hiding behind something that seems very positive. I don't know. Yeah. That maybe I'm reading too much into it, but. <laughs> ha do, do With poetry. Uh, uh, I don't love it.
0: Yeah, I. Hmm. I agree with that. I don't love her worldview. I don't really love her style, and I think. Um the amount of effort that it would take to write one of her poems is not very big. It's yeah, very minimal. marketable um and it's minimal effort. Yeah. In my opinion. Um true. true. I wanted to go back to a point you made earlier, real quick, mm, before yeah. I forget. Yeah. Um so you were talking about in renaissance time periods or other time periods where certain poetry forms were being created and Mm -hmm. were being used a lot Mm -hmm. um, and audience audiences were more familiar with them Mm -hmm. Um, I think that is a really good point Um, so poetry was I think a much more major art form in certain periods of time Mm -hmm. And it was something that was very recognizable. So nowadays, we have so many different forms of entertainment and things that we can do to occupy our time, um, which was not always true. People in Shakespeare's time, if they were bored and they had a day off, they could go to the theater and uh, they could stay home. That was pretty much it. Yeah. Um, and. The only reason they could go to the theater was because there were different seating options and if you wanted to stand for a four-hour play then you could do that because it was the cheapest option Mm. um and so people would go to these plays and and people from all classes too so this was a thing that brought people together the poorest classes could go the nobility could go kings And queens could go, lawyers could go and figure out how to argue better, which I'm not going to get into, but lawyers loved Shakespeare plays. Interesting. Yes. Hmm. And Shakespeare knew that, (laughs) so he catered to that. Um, But people would go to a Shakespeare play or any play, and they would hear poetry in the lines, and they would know the difference between a Petrarchan sonnet which is an octave and a sestet and if a Shakespearean you sonnet. Listening
1: at home, don't know what those words are. It's okay, neither do I.
0: An octave is a stanza <laughs> with eight lines. Okay. And a sestet
1: is a stanza with six lines. And what kind of poem has both of those? That's a
0: Petrarchan
1: sonnet. A Petrarchan? Yes. A Petrarchan sonnet.
0: Named for Petrarch. Okay. Um, okay. They would know the difference between that and a Shakespearean sonnet, which. Is which has quatrains instead so mm. stanzas with four lines so they would instinctively recognize those differences and they would also recognize oh that is a break from form why would they use a Shakespearean sonnet here
1: when mm. they're
0: talking about this topic rather than a Petrarchan sonnet or they would know oh he's going to use a Petrarchan sonnet here because there's a different subject matter or a different tone. Um, And even things that a lot of modern readers don't pick up on. So, for example, in Romeo and Juliet, the first conversation that Romeo and Juliet have together is a perfect sonnet. Hmm. And modern audiences, if... If just any everyday person went to a Shakespeare play and they saw Romeo and Juliet, they might be able to follow along with the language pretty well, but they wouldn't necessarily recognize things like, oh, their first conversation was a perfect sonnet. Hmm. Um, But older audiences would have recognized those things. Hmm. And so I think just being less familiar with those forms and having much less exposure to it is a big reason why people don't like poetry as much or don't like it because they don't understand it. Um, so anyway, that was a big <laughs> diversion just to sort of talk mm. about that point a little bit. Yeah more,
1: no, that's super interesting though because it's it's like it's like what we were talking about with fine art where there's so much context. Yes. I had no idea about any of that by the way. So, mm-hmm. it, and I've read *Romeo and Juliet*. Didn't love it. <laughs> um, and maybe if I had, um, I don't know. Some sometimes really getting into the language of the medium that you're looking at.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It it's like it unlocks something about it for yes. me at least. Like yes. I was talking about with art, how it's it's. I have the same feeling when i'm learning about a piece of art that i do when i'm learning to speak a language it's like it's unlocking some new meaning and the same goes for poetry yes um all those things that you told me i never had known so that's really cool yeah um yeah super super cool uh, yeah yeah um so, anyways, where were we? Where we're Ruby Car. Oh uh, yes. Uh, this is an example. Should I read a Ruby Car poem?
0: Yeah, go for it. Okay. Am I a little salty that this is the first poem that we? Oh sharing? wait! Whoa,
1: whoa! No, We've wild, talked wild. about the Jabberwocky yes, and the shooting yes. of Dan McGrew. I do not need the kind of love that is draining. I want someone who energizes me.
0: I'm sorry, I don't even know what to say.
1: It feels controversial to not like her poems. Yeah. Which also bothers me. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think why it's that way is because people see her as somebody who's really empowering young women. Yes. Which she may be, but Mm. can we also recognize that women can be empowered by more thoughtful well-rounded, yes. considered forms of art that, like I think the way to make something most empowering is not to make it the most simplistic.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: this these feel like inspirational quotes.
0: Exactly. Yes. That's what I mean about phone backgrounds.
1: Phone backgrounds,
0: but does not make it a poem. Yeah. Oh. oh.
1: I yeah, I don't know how I feel about this this thing that people say of like, well, at least people are looking at poetry yeah. and getting into poetry. Is it a doorway okay. to
0: more poetry? I don't think I so. I
1: don't think it is. I really don't. I
0: don't think they're going to read a Rupi Kaur book and then jump right into William Butler Yeats. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't I just think so really either. don't think that they are. Um i don't know uh, yeah. <sighs> i don't know uh, it's difficult for me i think technically you would have to consider it poetry but i just don't think it's good poetry i agree yeah
1: um i agree like i said i yeah i'm really i'm honestly really bothered by it <laughs> so yes. it's i uh yeah
0: well, let's move into some poetry that is good. Okay, let's, Or at least... Yeah, I think it's good. Let's
1: move away from this. <laughs> Before I get sucked into uh, the Ruby Carver's. You could just yeah. read her poems for hours. and You could. Uh, on, that, mindlessly. You do get sucked in. Yeah. Because you're like, what is this? And then you just keep reading and keep yep. reading, and it's more and more just...
0: Yep. And it's got all this nondescript minimalist it's, art yeah. sometimes, too, that... I think modern audiences really like. Yeah. Like, the kind of art that you could just get a tattoo of, and it's really ambiguous. Anyway, okay. <sighs> um, so, Sorry, Ruby.
1: I'm pretty yeah. sure she's really rich now, too, so it's okay.
0: Yeah, I think it's fine. Also, I'm sure we're not the first people to criticize her. Oh, no, her, definitely so. not. But, but like
1: I was saying, I think it's strangely controversial to criticize her, because... Right. Uh, I don't know. What she's she's her audience is young women, I think that's part of the reason why. Right. But young women we can like weird poetry that is yes. less that is more complex and let's dive into it, Lucy. Yeah. Let's get into let's the poems that you it. love.
0: Let's do it. Okay. So, man, it's always hard to choose just a few poems. I could go on all day and read so many poems to you guys, but I would just encourage you, if you hear any that you like, look up some more by this person or look it up and absorb it on your own time or find people that are similar. Um, Okay. So the first one that I want to share is very much related to the second one. So, um, the first, poem, the first poem I'm going to share is called Hummingbird by Raymond Carver. And this one I shared as sort of a precursor to another poem called Every Single Day by John Straley. Mm-hmm. And I included it because Hummingbird is... Um, it came first and every single day draws a lot from that poem and is sort of a tribute and an homage to it Um, and Every Single Day by John Straley is one of my favorite poems because it was one of my mom's favorite poems Mm. in the whole world Um, and yeah I'll, I'll get into it and then I'll talk about a little bit of why I love these poems so much Hummingbird by Raymond Carver suppose i say summer write the word hummingbird put it in an envelope take it down the hill to the box when you open my letter you will recall those days and how much just how much i love you every single day by john straley suppose i say the word springtime and i wrote the words king salmon on a piece of paper and mailed it to you. When you opened it, would you remember that afternoon we spent together in the yellow boat when the early whales were feeding and we caught our first fish of the year? Or would you remember that time off Cape Flattery when you were a little girl, your father smoking, telling stories as he ran the boat? than the tug and zing of that very first fish spooling off into the gray-green world. You laughing and brushing back your hair before setting the hook. I know I am hard to understand sometimes, particularly when you are standing at the post office with only a piece of paper saying King Salmon on it but just think of it as a promissory note. And that electric tug, that thrill, pulling your mind into deep water is how I feel about you every single day. Okay. So, I love both of these poems. Mm -hmm. I also love that John Straley was able to, capture the original feeling of Hummingbird Mm. so well but also make it his own Mm. Um, and also sort of honor Raymond Carver Um, I love the imagery in this poem I love just the sweet idea of writing two little words on a piece of paper and mailing it to someone and all of these memories come flooding back to them and I think that's what happens to me when I write poetry, and when I read poetry. Um, and I, I just love that so much that those two little words can evoke so much. And I think poetry has this wonderful ability to conjure so many different things, whether it's multiple meanings of a word, or mm-hmm. words that sound similar to other words, or words that rhyme, or whatever it is. Um, and also, Um, I have a really big personal connection to this poem every single day because it was one of my mom's favorite poems Mm -hmm. and she passed away a little bit over a year ago. Um, And so even though these are not my memories at all, I love Mm -hmm. reading this poem because I actually did this one time. I mailed her just a tiny strip of paper that I ripped out of my notebook that just said King Salmon on it. Um, Mm. And I know that it meant a lot to her when she received it because this was one of her her favorite poems. Um, And it's just, it almost just feels like our special language that know it just connected us together and when we shared a poem it was like we were understanding a part of the other person better Mm -hmm. even though it's not even our words um, but even when I would write a poem I would always send it to my mom Um, so whenever there's a poem that reminds me of her it's just so special to me now because I know that there's a little piece of her in it for me Um, so anyway those were the first two that Mm -hmm. I wanted to share Um, this style of poetry is not super structured it's very conversational yeah um, and vivid and full of imagery Um, and it's just so sweet I love the ending of this poem especially
1: yeah Uh, I've never heard this poem before you just read it. I, okay, quick side note. I once had a, a teacher who said you should always read a poem out loud first, um, yeah. which is weird to do if you're by yourself. Yeah. But wow, it really makes a difference, like, hearing a poem read. It does. Um, and Lucy has such a good, good poetry <laughs> voice. Um, yeah, wow. Um it's so cool your personal connection to this because that's really what this is about is like yeah. sharing something between two people that's so random or so small yeah. and you and it's it connects you even though it's just a little thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just so beautiful. And I almost started crying when you were reading it because um, uh, my there's a line that says when you were a little girl your father smoking telling stories as he ran the boat and um, like, I have a super strong memory connected to that. Cause my, that was a lot of my childhood was um, taking boating trips with my family and my dad, he, he smokes a pipe and he would be out on the bridge, smoking a pipe and telling me stories. And so I love that. And I love, I love how self aware this is that he's like, I know I'm hard to understand sometimes, particularly when you are standing at the post office with a piece of paper saying King Salmon on it. I just yeah. think that's so brilliant that he's, like, he's self-aware about,
0: yeah, you
1: know, the funny thing that this is, but it's right. still so beautiful. Right. Yeah. So I love this, Lucy. Thank you for yeah. sharing it. Wow. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: And generally, I will say, I don't love this kind of poetry. Mm-hmm. So... I think, you know, you being able to preface mm-hmm. it and and talk about how it's connected, to or it's kind of um, referencing this other poem, hummingbird. It's yeah. it's really cool to get to get that context. So,
0: yeah, yeah, it's a great poem. I love it. I feel understood. That line uh, about I know I'm hard to understand sometimes. Yeah. I think I feel that way a lot, too, Mm. especially, you know, when I talk about poetry, Mm. or I love to write poetry, and I share that with my friends. Not all of my friends love poetry. In fact, most of them don't. Um, And so, yeah, I love that line. It makes Mm. me feel like I'm not the only person who's hard to understand sometimes. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: Oh, this is so good. I love this. Pulling your... That... And that electric tug, that thrill, pulling your mind into deep water is how I feel about you every single day. Ugh, this is yeah. really good. I'm going to definitely read this over again later and cry about it. <laughs>
0: I probably will, too. Okay, good. <laughs> Just me crying about poetry in my room again. Uh, not unusual. What's new? Yes. Yes. Um... I'm curious what kind of poetry you, you do like. So, you don't like this style. Do you so, prefer more Okay, so obviously poetry? I like
1: this poem. So, I'm not really sure. It's one of those things, I think, where I haven't really explored it. Explored the variety enough to mm-hmm. really figure out what it is that I do like. Um, there's a lot of different poems that I like and that I think about all the time. Um, there's one poem called anyways it's by saint uh mother teresa that i like think about it all the time and but yeah. that poem is very much like she is saying kind of a message it's a poem but really it doesn't rhyme it's it's yeah. very clear what she's trying to communicate mm-hmm. and it's not super prosaic is that a word yeah yeah um i don't know uh, if we have, do we have time? I'll read my, yeah. I'll read you my favorite yeah. poem. Absolutely. Which you know, because I sent it to you one time, I think. And I maybe like this poem because I really like Emily Bronte. Okay. Um. But it's definitely more on the like structured side. It's got yeah. a clear rhyme scheme. Yes. Um, but I really love this poem. It's called uh, "No Coward Soul Is Mine." Um. No coward soul is mine, no trembler in the world's storm-troubled sphere. I see heaven's glories shine, and faith shines equal, arming me from fear. O God, within my breast, almighty ever-present deity, life that in me has rest, as I, undying life, have power in thee. Vain are a thousand creeds that move men's hearts, unutterably vain, worthless as withered weeds or idlest froth amid the boundless main. To waken doubt in one, holding so fast to thy infinity, so surely anchored on the steadfast rock of immortality. With wide-embracing love, thy spirit animates eternal years, pervades and broods above, changes, sustains, dissolves, creates, and rears. Though earth and moon were gone, and suns and universe ceased to be, and thou were left alone, every existence would exist in thee. There is no room for death, nor Adam that his might could not render void, since thou art being in breath, and what thou art may never be destroyed. Um, yeah. I love that poem. I, I don't really, really know why. It's like, it's much more clear kind of what she's talking about, but also I feel very much a feeling from that poem. It's like, um, just looking at the vastness of God and take, and, and, taking comfort in that almost yeah um so
0: yeah i think there's such an artfulness in that poem Mm. and and use of form man using really structured forms like that has never been my strong suit and Mm. so i'm always just in awe of these these great poets of history who not only use that form but they just they create something that comes to life and they find so much to say within those rigid confines it's yeah it's Mm. really incredible
1: yeah definitely Mm -hmm. definitely so yeah I don't know I think man this conversation has me really excited to uh maybe discover a little bit more about what kind of poetry I do like because like I said I think like this poem i'm mainly just drawn to it because like i said love emily bronte um yeah. s- but um so i'm excited to see i think there's maybe a lot more poetry out there that i really will love mm-hmm. like this poem that you shared i've yeah. blown away so yeah. very excited and yes. now
0: i want poetry recommendations <laughs> from you lucy well i have plenty okay good good um, So I have one more poem that I want to share. Mm. We don't necessarily need to talk about it, but it talks a lot about art and going to see art. Um, And I think it's just a lovely poem. And so I wanted to leave off with that. Um, And it's called Having a Coke With You by Frank O'Hara. Having a Coke with you is even more fun than going to San Sebastian, Irun, Andai, Berets, Bayon, or being sick to my stomach on the Traversera de Grazia in Barcelona. Partly because in your orange shirt, you look better, you look like a better, happier Saint Sebastian, partly because of my love for you. Partly because of your love for yogurt, partly because of the fluorescent orange tulips around the birches partly because of the secrecy our smiles take on before people in statuary. It is hard to believe when I'm with you that there can be anything as still, as solemn, as unpleasantly definitive as statuary when right in front of it. In the warm New York four o'clock light, we are drifting back and forth between each other like a tree breathing through its spectacles and the portrait show seems to have no faces in it at all, just paint. You suddenly wonder why in the world anyone ever did them. I look at you, and I would rather look at you than all the portraits in the world, except possibly for the Polish writer occasionally, and anyway, it's in the Frick, which thank heavens you haven't gone to yet, so we can go together for the first time. And the fact that you move so beautifully more or less takes care of futurism. Just as at home, I never think of the nude descending a staircase or at a rehearsal, a single drawing of Leonardo or Michelangelo that used to wow me. And what good does all the research of the impressionists do them when they never got the right person to stand near the tree when the sun sank, or for that matter, marino marini when he didn't pick the rider as carefully as the horse it seems they were all cheated of some marvelous experience which is not going to go wasted on me which is why i'm telling you about it mm. wow. yeah i think we should just leave it there lucy all right
1: thanks for listening everyone and um go enjoy some poetry this week
0: yeah see you next week